0: Psalm 139 is a beautiful prayer on the nature of God. And of course the nature of God, as we read through the thoughts of the psalmist, is that God would search us out and find us where we are. That is not meant as a threatening thing, but a a consoling matter. That God would be in search of us is something that is a little disconcerting, though, according to who you are. And what you might have done. You remember the story of Adam and Eve and how in the garden of Eden they reached up and took a bit of fruit from a forbidden tree and they received it and then they hid as uh, God came meandering through the garden in search of them as he called out to them Adam answered and said I was naked and ashamed and so I hid from you as if God would not know this as if God could not find him. God was very aware of their fallibility and ours as well. The greatest thing is that we would not be listening and that we would not be aware. Do you remember the story of how Samuel was brought by his mother Hannah to the temple to be with Eli and to grow up and to learn the ways of the temple and the ways of this wise uh, prophetic figure. Uh, Eli was getting old, very old in years. And as he one evening was approached by Samuel, Samuel said, Yes, what can I do for you? And Eli had said nothing to him. And yet Samuel knew that he had heard his name called out. Three times, in fact, that name was called out. And each time Samuel responded and went to Eli. Finally, Eli told Samuel, when you hear it this next time, say, speak for your servant is listening. For Eli knew that it was God that was calling out to Samuel. There's a passage in the scripture over in the New Testament that's fascinating that has to do with Jesus seeking out his disciples. Uh, Let me read just this little section. It's taken from John chapter 1. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael. And said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Who knows what Nathanael had been up to under that tree and how God saw in him a person without deceit, a person of great honesty. In the midst of that encounter that Jesus had with Nathanael, we see that God is a God who searches us out and who knows our struggle. We struggle mainly because we do not want to be vulnerable. In fact, to give the impression that we are vulnerable to others puts us in a precarious situation. And in fact, we translate that as being vulnerable to everyone if we are vulnerable to anyone. We wish to hide ourselves even from God and we hide ourselves from ourselves. one of my favorite musicians is James Taylor. I don't know if anybody shares that with me. But in that old song, Shower the people you love with love. He has these prophetic words, you can run but you cannot hide. What you gonna do with your foolish pride when you're all by yourself alone? And I think to myself, he knows far more than most. How do you see God? I love that old preacher story of the little girl who was working on a picture at home and her mother came over to her and asked the question, what are you drawing? And the little girl concentrating on what she was doing said, a picture of God. And the mother wisely said, but no one knows what God looks like. And the little girl looked up and said, they will after I get through with this. (laughs) Our descriptions of God are always pale and significance to his wonderful nature. God is far greater than what we could ever describe. There are attributes that have been spoken of, that God is omnipotent. And if we read the stories of the creation and believe in God, as being omnipotent, we give him credit for being the creator of the universe. In fact, in Jewish worship, in every service that they gather, they sing a song, Adon Olam. And that actually means God creator of the universe. It is a beautiful thing to think of God as being omnipotent and God being omniscient of knowing everything and God being omnipresent. God is here with us, but one of the things that we stand by is that God is with all congregations. In fact, God is with all peoples as they gather and as they are by themselves. These are precious attributes of God. How is it that you think of God? Psalm 139 is an evidence of God's greatness. It is a description of who God is. It's an injustice, really, to read only the last two verses of this psalm. And so let me read a few others that are earlier in this chapter. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? God knows us, just as we seek to know one another, and yet even better. In your family, don't you know each other? I know that this is the way it is with us. I want to know my children, or at least most of what my children are about. There are probably some things that are better left to mystery, but I do want to know them in order that I can be an expression of love in their lives. I know that this is as well the desire of Sue's heart because before our children arrived with their clans during the season of Advent and Christmas those celebrations she asked me she said what do you think that they would like to eat and I began to think of things that I wanted to eat <laughs> and gave her the list but she called them directly and she said, are there some special holiday foods that you would like to share while you're here at the house? And they came up with their list. Near the top was monkey bread. If you don't know what that is, that is manna. It truly is manna. And uh, it is a favorite. Um, I remember that, that also one of our daughters loves an egg custard with a meringue mixed into it. This is a family favorite that has been passed down through the years. But Sue had both of those things present uh, in the midst of our celebrations. One of our daughters truly loves roast beef with potatoes and carrots and onions. And we also had a wonderful bounteous meal that was of that. I know that my mother cared about what I loved to eat when we would have meals together, she always was preparing things that I loved. Spaghetti was a favorite in my heart and still is today. And she would prepare that lovingly, knowing that all of us enjoyed it. But for me, it was at the top of the list. Sue's mother would do this. From the very moment that Sue began bringing me home, even before we were married, she began thinking about what was it that I wanted to eat. And she remembered those things through the years, even now. Even though she is not able to make fruitcake any longer, she will order fruit cake in order that I know that she knows what I like. This is a precious thing, this knowing each other. I can remember that My mother loved to test that awareness. On one particular occasion, she caught us all off guard, particularly my father. My mother surprised us with getting her ears pierced. Now this was nothing less than getting a tattoo on her shoulder. This is how significant it was for my mother to do this and yet she told none of us that she had done it and she shared nothing with my father even looking him in the eyes and saying do you notice anything different about me and he said you're beautiful and didn't have a clue Finally, she said, do you notice anything beautiful about me? And she tilted her head. And finally, he discovered that she had pierced those ears. And of course, she received his accolades, but she had gotten him sure enough that he would not notice that at our house we exchange names there are too many of us to give presents to everybody and so we exchange names and set a price limit on what we will give for a couple of years just recently i chose the name of our daughter sarah who is our artist in residence for the family sarah is fascinating to me and she always dresses a certain way and i thought how in the world can i go in and pick out anything that she could wear I'm always making wrong decisions about that. And I found a way to do it. I go to the shops that I think that she might go into, and I don't look at anything on the racks, I look at the mannequins, and then I call one of the workers of the store over and I say, I want everything that that mannequin is wearing. (laughs) And it has worked well for two years. I know my daughter. I know my daughter. In fact, I know all three of them. And I seek to love them from the depths of my heart. God's love is even more knowing and loving toward the essence of who we are. The question is, will we allow God to have that kind of access to our nature or will we hide ourselves in hopes that God will not notice parts of who we are there are conditions on what we allow God to access this is the way it's always been when Jesus walked the earth he encountered a group known as the Pharisees, who were the most religious and most supposedly God-sensitive people that were living during that day. And yet as Jesus looked upon them, he saw that they had made themselves in some ways inaccessible to God because of the judgment they had on all others. He is the one that he was referring to As he said, you aim to pick the speck out of your neighbor's eye when you have a log in your own eye. First remove the log, then you can function to assist others. The Pharisees did not see themselves so blind. God sees through, though, these personas, these barriers that we put up. There's a complexity to this psalm. It is beautiful. For it was you who formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. How weighty to me, Are your thoughts, O God? How vast is the sum of them? I try to count them, and they are more than the sand. I come to the end, I am still with you. And yet, the next verse begins to show us how complex our own lives are, as well as the life of the prophet who wrote these words attributed to King David, none other. Oh, he says, that you would kill the wicked, O God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil, do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Does that sound like God talked to you? You and I filter life through the lens of Christ. Even when we're not aware of it, we seek to do this. And yet... His words are not filtered through Christ. Why, in Christ's first sermon, he said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And so therefore, we come to the end of the chapter, Psalm 139, and we hear these words, Search me, O God, and know my heart. David did not even know what he was praying. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In Alcoholics Anonymous, there is this tradition that in the midst of the meeting, as those who participate are truly with each other, honestly with each other, they would take terms standing and saying, hi, my name is Bill and I'm an alcoholic. That is firm foundation upon which to stand because it is honest and God can work with that kind of honesty. How honest are we to ourselves? Do you see any wicked way in you? Do you have these predispositions that would assume that everything that you think is right in the eyes of God? So much so that you judge someone who might be different than you. David had not a clue that these words, oh, that you would kill the wicked, diverge from the very nature of what God is about. For our Lord whom we follow is the one who calls on us to love our enemies. Perhaps the most important prayer that we could ever pray, ever, is this one. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any wicked way in me.